episode Loaded nine. Oh. Does he sit second, man? No, I don't I think he does. I think Kevin Keegan probably sits second. Oh, my God, what a <laughs> scandal. Austin Eckler versus the cards. Go and fuck yeah. the lot of you. <laughs> Austin Eckler. He's making me like I'm some sort of cameo. Like, I'm coming in and go, and out the bag, England to win. Hello and welcome to episode 48 of Loaded Sport. A little bit of a different format this week as we are not having a listener lock-in. It's a later recording due to activities that we've been up to that we'll be getting into shortly. So it's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode, but still as action-packed as ever as there is plenty going on in the sporting world. Joining me tonight, as always, we've got three lads that I had the pleasure of sharing the evening with last night. And again, we'll get into our very shortly but let's see how they're all doing and if anyone's feeling worse for wear. And first of all, we'll introduce Aggie. Aggie, how are you doing, mate? Mate, I'm very good, thank you. Is uh, probably the only one that went out and didn't drink. So, uh, yeah, no hangover for me. I'm all good. Yeah, well, uh, I know a man that will very quickly shoot you down on that statement, and, and that is Kemp. Kemp, what have you got to say to that about him being the only one not to drink? What the fuck are you on about? Oh, sorry, did Kemp not drink either? The only one that fucking drove home. How can I have had a drink? <laughs> what an absolute penis. Yeah, good start, boys. Good start, all right, lads. All right, <laughs> lads. Mr. Dawson, Mr. Mike, Mr. White. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Mr. Mike. Mr. Mike. Mr. White, man with the mic. The pissed up man with the mic. Might not be pissed up last night, but he pissed up now. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, boys. How are you? All good. All good, mate. All good, thank you. And uh, last but not least, a man that will be more excited than all of us, I'm sure, to talk about last night's event. Sam, how are you doing? Oh, mate, I'm absolutely stupendous. Thank you very much for asking. As, uh, as I say, we'll uh, we'll get into the reasons why shortly, but uh, but what a night of darts that was. Yes, absolutely. And, 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 and Sam's given you a little bit of a teaser there. The reason we're recording a day late, which means this episode should still be out on the usual Friday, but maybe a little bit later in the day. Um, and, and you will have seen in the intro video as well. We uh, were very lucky to have a night at the Premier League darts last night in Sheffield with the ladies. Um, unfortunately, other than Bland, but Kemp can get into that when he gives his story of the evening. Um, and yeah, a, a very good quality night of darts. Um, Kemp, as, as someone that is sort of the uh, the experienced one of the group when it comes to going to darts events in the Premier League especially, where do you think the, the evening's action ranked in terms of what you've seen in uh, in previous years? Um, I think it was the best, to be honest. Um, I've been to I've been to two events, uh, three events previously. Uh, the first two were the old format of the Premier League, so you just got games and then like a league table, and then at the end of the year they go to the playoffs and stuff like that. And then I've been two years where it's been the tournament format, so quarterfinal, semi-final, final, final winner wins the night, gets points on the table, all that sort of thing. Um, I've discussed and me and Dawson have spoken about this before in the sense that the new format is is definitely better, especially when you're watching it live. You get that more sense of, oh, it's the final, you're building up to something rather than just games of darts. Oh, he won, he won, brilliant, great stuff, we move on. So that format is much better to go and watch it anyway. So the last two times I've been were better than the time two times before, if that makes sense. But I think the action um, this time was much better. Uh, that it was last year when we went to go and see it, Dawson. I don't know if you'll agree. I feel like there were there were yeah. a, a lot more compelling fixtures, a lot more compelling games, mm. and I think the matchups were pretty good as well. There were a couple of matchups in the quarterfinals where you felt a mm, bit of a sleeper, but then when you got to the semis, I think there were some compelling matchups, um, and the final was fantastic. And I think it did help. And I'm not going to in, going to go into it too much in too much detail, but it did help that we'd all got um, something to. Um, Shout about uh, when it comes to you, Sam, and your 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 lucky streak and your hot streak with the uh, with the darts last night. So yeah, out of the four occasions I've been to, I think it's the best one so far for me. Um, but next year I have got my eyes on them tables, boys. I'm not going to lie to you. It's it's the <laughs> one thing that I've not done at the darts. I want to get a minibus down. I want to get dressed up. I want to get them table seats, and I want to proper go for it next year. Um, and uh, and let's see if we can make it happen. But yeah, it was really good, Dawson. What did you think? Yeah, I agree, mate. Very good. I'm not sure I agree on the tables purely for the, uh, the the cost of it. You're looking at about 350 quid for a table seat this year. So Talking unless to a man that spent over 400 quid for UFC. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go, mate. There you go. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Can't, but no, can't just okay. and get free tickets. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. But uh, yeah, really enjoyed it in terms of the quality against last year. I thought it was a much better evening of action. 
and like you said, some really good matchups. Price against Aspinall, Doby Wright, which dropped in the middle but started hot and finished hot. Michael Smith against Van Gaal in a repeat of the World Championship final. What more can you ask for? And some yeah, some really really good darts throughout the night. And there were a couple of times where we had that little sliver of hope that we might get a nine darter, but we never got the sort of the, the last three darts as an attempt at it. But Aggie, you're uh, I believe your first evening at the darts. You, you've sort of been in and out as a as a fan. You've watched little bits here and there. You've you've backed Peter right to the hill in terms of our pre-tournament predictions, but. What was your experience at the darts? Did you enjoy it? And do you think it's something that A, you'd recommend and B, you could see yourself doing again? Yeah, 100%. Really enjoyed it. The only thing that I didn't enjoy was the height. I got adjusted <laughs> to it. <laughs> got adjusted to it in the end. But when you made me go to that bit that was like an, an overhang over the, the rest of the stands, it very much put me off. So I thought, no, I'm not going back down them steps again. I'll stay at the top bit. But no, really enjoyed it. In terms of darts, it's... Some of the best you're going to see all season, isn't it? Maybe it's a bit biased because we were there, but like you said, Smith against Van Gerwen, it's just one of them games that's always going to do it about. And I think I said to Sam on the night, you can see the difference in the quality between Smith and Van Gerwen and Wright and Dobie that had played just before then. It was how quick they were getting through the legs, how confident they were when throwing the darts as well. And of course, I'm going to back Peter Wright, as stupid as it may sound. But yeah, no, really enjoyed it from my first experience. Great night. Yeah, just because obviously I was in the uh, utility suite, so I was right at the top of the uh, of the building. And honestly, when we first all, all walked in, I have never seen a man go to pot as much as Aggie did in that moment. It, it kind of dawned on him where we were, whereabouts we were going to be in the arena. Uh, and he tried to hang his coat on the back of a chair and his legs just weren't working. He was just trying to walk to the chair and he ended up bow-legged, just limping <laughs> to chair and managed to drape it on. And now, oh God, it were, it were a sight to behold, to be fair to him. Yeah, definitely. And, and just to give a rundown of the results, I know I mentioned the quarterfinal lineups there, but uh, seven matches in total for the night. Uh, I'll not go through the scores, but just quickly the run-through of who beat who in those seven matches. So quarterfinals, Price beat Aspinall, Doby beat Wright, Smith beat Van Gerwen, Clayton beat Van der Beer. That made the semi-finals Price versus Doby, which Price came out on top, and Smith versus Clayton, which Smith won. And then Michael Smith became the second player to win three nights in a row this year, beating Gerwin Price 6-3 in the final. Now, a great night overall of action, as we already said, but a man that came out on top in terms of extra hype, extra enjoyment, and probably extra fun memories once it's all said and done is... is Sam, who uh, correctly predicted all seven outcomes throughout the night. We started each with a, a £20 rollover, so we put £20 on who we thought that won the first match, put the winnings on the second and so on and so forth. Sam was the only one that made it throughout the night. He did bottle it um, going into the final and took a good chunk of money out and then put a bit on the result of a final. But ultimately, Sam, I think when it comes to overall enjoyment and, and thoughts on the, the occasion as a whole, you're definitely going to be sort of having that little bit extra Absolutely. in terms of overall. So talk us through your experience. Yeah, what a night. So obviously at the beginning of the night, you you mentioned that last year you'd done the £20 stake where you start off with £20, the first game, whatever you win, you just roll it over every time. You, you call the correct one, you put that win in onto the next, so on and so on. And as you say, got to the semi-final and uh, things had rolled over quite nicely and uh, it was looking like a decent-sized pot that I was taking home. And then it, uh, when it felt like it was going to be Gerwin Price and Michael Smith in the final, I just thought, they're two quite evenly matched players here. I don't know if I can risk it. So, yeah, I cashed out uh, like 90% of it. And then I ended up just staking just to undo £100 on the on the final, which obviously come in as well. Michael Smith come in on, on the final. He would have been the Well, he was the guy that I backed. So had I, had I just kept my stake rolling, it would have been about an extra three £400 I would have won on top. But... Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't have enjoyed that final as much as, as much as I did do. So, unreal night up in the uh, utility suite. Shout out to utility, got to do it, aren't you? Because uh, we wouldn't have, uh, wouldn't have, none of us would have got there without uh, without a ticket. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, what a night, what a night. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely, and uh, hopefully again this time next year. But yeah, I'm, uh, there might be a few conversations and arguments and back and forth with Kent about where, where we sat at these fancy Listen, tables. you boys, listen, you boys, quite happily, I'll wave to you. 
Quite happily. You'll see me. I'll be in my fancy dress. You'll see me on the floor. I'll wave to you, my regal wave. Um, yeah, whether it's next year or not, at some point in my life, I do want to go on the tables because it, it does look like a fantastic experience. Dawson, you very briefly mentioned there before we do uh, move on to, to more action. Um, we did go, or the, the lads did go with partners. Yeah. It's unfortunate that my partner was unable to go. She's not very well. She's feeling better now, lads. So thank you for all your concerns on the night. And today, it's much appreciated. But yes, she will definitely be coming next year as well to make up for lost time. That's it. You'll she'll you'll be in the hot dog costume and she'll be in the mustard costume. We'll see that. But, uh... Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get Eric mustard costume and then Sam can be my ketchup. Yeah, maybe. Oh, I like it. I like it. Anyway, so that was the darts. We've been on about it every single week. We we follow the World Championships. We follow the Premier League every week, reviewing and previewing, and we've mentioned every single week how much we're looking forward to it. But overall. Fantastic night. Again, thank you to Tilta who sorted, out, sorted us out with those sweet tickets. Um, and yeah, overall, a really great experience. So yeah, top class night, lads there. So thanks all for uh, being a part of it. Um, on to the football. Champions League week has come and gone for the first leg of the semi-finals. Manchester City going to the Bernabeu and getting a 1-1 draw against Real Madrid. AC Milan into Milan playing technically a home and an away game, but both in the San Siro with Inter Milan coming out 2-0 winners. We'll start with Tuesday's game, which was that Real Madrid versus Manchester City game. Sam, is it advantage City with them coming back to the Etihad and not uh, having a losing deficit? I think it has to be, doesn't it? I think it has to be. I were, I were amazed pre-game at the, the odds of City winning just on the night itself. I don't think there's ever been a team that's gone in on a Champions League semi-final and been favourites at the Bernabeu, but City way, um, which just shows how far they've come and where perhaps Madrid are in their in their time at the minute. But no, I, I do think um, I do think it's advantage City now. They managed to pull it back. City were, I thought they were very good for it on the night. Um, but Madrid are always dangerous. Madrid didn't look particularly bad either. Every attack they looked like they could have scored, and that, uh, that uh, Vinicius Junior, he's just an absolute class act on that left and cutting inside with a lovely finish. And then De Bruyne pulling it back with an absolutely outstanding, uh, was it like an off, off volley or something like that? He just uh, drilled it into drilled it into a corner. It were, yeah, really, really good game of football. I did uh, I enjoyed them both both the games actually? Yeah, absolutely. And Camp, the the man that has been firmly in City's corner all season when it comes to league football. Where do you sit now going into the second leg? One one at the Etihad. We we all know what Real Madrid's European football pedigree is we all know how strong they are in the Champions League we all know how unafraid they are to go to another team stadium another country and, and get the result they need for you is it advantage City or do you think Madrid's experience and success in recent years will still get them over the line yeah again as Sam just said you've got to say it's advantage City when when you've got an away tie first which I always believe is preferable uh, to go away first, try and nick a point, and then you've got that momentum going into the second leg. Or even if you can nick a win, you've got real momentum going into the second leg. And the Bernabeu is, is a very, very tough place to play. I think it does diminish it a little bit with all the work that are going on at the minute. The fans are a little bit further back. It's a little bit less pressure. You feel like they're less sort of on you. Um, and it's probably a little bit less daunting as well. But I think City played really well. Um, went behind in the game, but didn't panic. Um, kept possession as they often do um, and slowly but surely did break Real Madrid apart I thought they were the better team Real Madrid as you just mentioned there that they are capable of doing things in Europe that, that no other team are um, I think at the Etihad I think City will have just a little bit too much for them um, and I honestly do think whoever's going to win, whoever wins this semi-final tie is, is a shoe-in to win the, the Champions League. I did watch you mention there, the Milan derby in the other leg into winning, I think it was 2-0 in the end. Um, they're, they're nowhere near Real Madrid and City in terms of the standard. You know, they, they, they had a pretty favourable running on their side of the draw. Um, I think AC beating Napoli, was it? And then into beating one of the uh, a Portuguese side, was it Benfica? Or, but, but yeah, I know, I know that was the, the run-in and, and you did look at that side of the draw and think, mm, yeah, that's they're going to struggle, whoever comes to the final on that side of things. So I think whoever wins this, this, this game at the Etihad will win the Champions League. I do think it will be City that will win it. I think their possession-based football... Um, is going to be too much. The pitch is very big. It's, it's going to take a lot for, for Real Madrid to do it. But 
as you say, Dawson, they've done it before. They're not afraid to go into your back garden and, uh, and nick a win and, and potentially go on to win their 15th Champions League as well. So I can see City doing it. I think it's real advantage City after that first game um, and, uh, and, and hopefully for, for their sake and for, for English football's sakes as well, um, City can pick up a, a pretty decent win and uh, get themselves to the final where they'll probably be playing into Milan, but we'll see. Just, just on that, on the back of you saying that, and we'll go to Aggie, obviously, so I'll get his, get his views, with you saying it being an English football. Uh, where, where's your opinion on that, Ken? Because I've got to admit, I'm not of that mind. It, just, just from being English doesn't automatically mean I'm going to follow them in the Champions League. Especially, obviously, I've always had a bit of a shine for United anyway. Well, I grew up a United fan. So I certainly don't want City to go and win a treble this year. And if that means Madrid going through, then, then so be it. Obviously, United can beat them in the FA Cup final anyway, but... Um, like in terms of Liverpool, like I've never ever wanted Liverpool to win any any kind of European game. Where's uh, where's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think maybe I've not communicated that properly. Maybe you've misunderstood. Um, not in the sense of I want City to win the Champions League. Not really that fussed about City winning the Champions League. Not really fussed who does win the Champions League. Um, but I think if an English team wins the Champions League, don't matter who it is. Whether I wanted to win the Champions League or not, that's a good thing for English football. It oh yeah, no, I went, I went, I went saying it went. I was just saying, where's your? No, opinion that, that on? was my point. That was yeah. my point. Yeah, my, my point is that, and unless it's Sheffield United, yeah, I don't care. I don't care if Man United win it. My stepdad's a Man United fan. I grew up with a bit of a soft spot for Man United. I would like to see Manchester United win it with their history in Europe, but. I'm not bothered. I, I honestly don't care whether City win it or not. I'm, I, I don't care. I'm, I'm completely, what's the word? Um, is it benevolent? I'm, I'm just, I just don't care. But yeah, I, again, I think it would be good for English football if, if City did win it. And unfortunately for United fans, I think if they do win it, the, the chances are they probably win the treble. So we shall see. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, moving on to Wednesday's game, we'll, we'll we'll circle back round on second leg predictions shortly. But Wednesday, San Siro, AC Milan versus Inter Milan. Didn't you want to? Didn't you want to get Aggie's opinion? <laughs> Wait, we've got Aggie to come, mate. Me and Aggie will be taking over shortly. And, oh, is this uh, man and Kempis bit? Oh, this is Joe and Kempis bit. Yes, mate. And uh, so AC Milan, Inter Milan, two historic teams in in Italian and European football battling for a spot back in the Champions League final that they have both been to before many times. Inter Milan, two very early goals inside the first 11 minutes from Edin Dzeko and Mkhitaryan. They've got a big advantage now. They're, they're not travelling anywhere. They're not going anywhere. It's still the same outfit next week when they meet in the second leg. But uh, is that game over? And is it uh, Inter Milan with pretty much both feet in the final waiting for the winner of City and Madrid? I don't think it's game over. Um, I, think, I think there was... AC was let off massively with a VAR decision. If that penalty is given, it is game over if they score it because they, the referee had awarded the penalty on the night. Um, soft, don't get me wrong, soft got no qualms. If he'd not give it, no, I don't think anyone would have made a you know a second pass at it. But the fact that he'd given it on the night, VAR then went to look at it. VAR then said to him, you might want a second look at that because there's not much in it. He's then gone and looked, looked at VAR and reversed the decision. There was contact. There's no debate about that. There was contact. And then it becomes a grey area when how much contact... The VAR seems to have taken it upon themselves to, to view how much contact is necessary for it to be awarded a penalty. It, that shouldn't be the case. VAR is black and white. It's either, is, is it a clear and obvious error or not? It wasn't. So for me, the penalty overturn was a, was a shocking decision. Um, again, I wouldn't have minded it not being given in the first place, but the fact that the referee gave it, it changes the dynamic, I think. Um, Simon Kier and Fikayo Tomori. Now, you boys will know Tomori is a great, you know, I've got a massive soft spot for him being, honestly, a season at Derby. got our players, player of the year, fans player of the year. It was, they were fucking awful. They were absolutely yeah. shocking. Both of them equally as bad as each other. Just every time uh, Inter had the ball, they looked like they were going to score, especially in that first half. Went, as you say, went 2-0 up in blink of an eye. Then straight away got a, got a penalty that luckily got overturned for them. Um, but no, that, them pair at the back, they just didn't look confident at all. And you just you, you kind of felt from at one point because it kept uh, the camera kept panning round into the uh, San Siro and showing like the Maldinis and the Nestas all sat there in the in the crowd watching all these great 
Milan defenders of the of the past, and they just think, what what must they be thinking watching this? But as as the second half come on, it, the game definitely switched slightly, and AC seen plenty more of of the ball and a couple more chances. But they've got Giroud up front. They're just toothless. I think is the word I describe. And they, they had plenty of ball towards the end. They just couldn't seem to get any kind of chance together. Um, so for them, I think they they're probably going to need another striker because it, they didn't they didn't show much at all. I, I don't really hold much out part for the second leg, especially with being a seventy five percent AC crowd that night. It's going to be the reverse, obviously. Come back to I'm going to be a lot of blue and uh, blue and black in the in the crowd come next Tuesday. So yeah, I don't hold much out for them in that leg. I must admit. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're wrong, to be fair. I don't hold that much hope. Is the tie over? No, of course it's not. It's a two-goal advantage. It's not as if they smashed them off at Park 3, 4, 5 and, and, and next week's going to be a, um, a, a formality. Um, but again, I think, I don't know, I get, the, I get the vibe, I get the feeling from both of these teams that, I don't know, I feel, I don't, when I was watching it and I was watching the highlights, watching the goals, you mentioned there tomorrow, it's really not like him to play that badly. Um, and I don't think Inter were brilliant, to be honest with you. I don't think they were great from what I've seen. I think it was just two, not average sides, two good sides, okay sides, that actually both fighting for Champions League next season, both probably see that as a more realistic prospect than winning the Champions League, although they will go for it, most definitely. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think AC will have enough to turn that 2-0 that advantage over. As you say, with the vast majority of the crowd being the, the, the AC crowd, as we've just gone, so effectively the next the next leg is the into home leg, as it would be. So yeah, it's going to be a bit much. And um, if you put a gun to my head now, I would say that you'd see Manchester City and Inter Milan in the uh, in the final. I'd uh, I'd have to back you there, definitely. Well, there we go. That nicely comes into uh, to my next question, Laggy. I'm going to bring you in first for this one, and it is the predictions on the second legs by the time we record. The next episode, it will all be said and done, and we will know our Champions League final lineup. So, Aggie, second legs, what's your score predictions? Um, I think City will grab a 1 0 win, and I think AC will lose again 2 0. Um, like Sam said, they just weren't good enough against Inter Milan. And whilst Inter didn't really prove themselves to be anything special, they also didn't need to. And just on the comment that he made earlier about um, not wanting an English team to win, when I was younger, I was told that I needed to kind of like follow an, a, a team from another country. And the team that I selected was AC Milan. So part of me kind of wants AC Milan to go on and win. Be nice for them to win, but I can't see it. They've set themselves up with a very difficult task against Inter. We've seen crazier things happen in the Champions League semi-final, haven't we? So anything can still happen at this point. Like Kemp said, it's not 3-4-5-0. No. It's by no means game over. An early AC Milan goal or going into half-time 1-0 no up. It's it's going to be a long forty five minutes. Completely, it? Absolutely, two nil down is is or two nil up is one of the worst places to be in terms of a winning position. But uh, Sam, come back to you, mate. What's your score predictions for uh, next week's fixtures, and mm. ultimately, what does that mean for your Champions League final lineup? I start with the Tuesday game, the the Italian derby. Uh, I think that will be one one. I think it'll be a lot more of a cagey affair, as you say, two nil. Inter, it's a difficult, difficult one. I think Milan are probably AC Milan are probably going to come out of the traps a bit quicker this uh, this time out. There's question marks whether um, oh go on Portuguese uh, Portuguese lad, young lad, is it um, Liao? Liao, Liao. There's the he's he's you know touch and go whether he's going to be fit. They definitely need him. They, they missed that creative spark at the final third. So if he's, if he's fit, I think they'll come out of the traps quick. But I do think Inter. We'll probably come back with an, an equaliser. Um, so I think I'm going 1-1 that night. And the the Man City game, I actually disagree with Aggie. I think it's going to have a boatload of goals. I think it's going to, this 1-1, both teams I think are just going to be, um, you know, I think it's going to be like an old school heavyweight boxing match. Just two great footballing teams going at it. And and I'm going to say, I'm going to say 4-3 City. 4-3 City. I wow. think it's uh, going to be one of them all-time great Champions League nights. Interesting. I'll uh, I'll quickly chime in with mine. I, I, I think Inter Milan win 2-1 on the night. I've given them a 4-1 aggregate win. Uh, and I'm going to take Madrid, going to the Etihad and getting a 2-1 win. Ooh, late Gina. winner. Yeah, Ginev, late winner from someone in that Madrid team to take them through 3-2 on aggregate, giving us a, an Inter Milan versus Real Madrid final. Um, Kempi, do you agree with that? Or are you going somewhere different with yours? 
No, I don't agree with that, unfortunately. I, I agree with the uh, the Inter Milan side of things. I, I feel like Inter Milan, like I just said, will be in the final. I think they will win on Tuesday 2-1. Um, I think they will get an early goal. I think um, AC will equalise and then they'll be piling the pressure on an Inter will, will counter down the other end and uh, and get that 2-1 that victory to, to seal their place in the Champions League final in 2023. For me, I, I'm, I'm sort of stuck between the middle of, of Sam and Adam's opinions where Adam thinks it's going to be a lot more KJ, Sam thinks it's going to be a, a goal fest. Um, I, I see what you're both saying and I see what you both mean. I think I'm more coming down on Sam's side of things because Real Madrid are absolutely all guns blazing. They'll fire everything at, at you and, and they won't stop. Um, but Man City are cute. They're very, very good on the ball. They don't panic. The amount of times I've seen a Kanji and Ruben Diaz and players like that getting themselves into a position where I'm like, bloody hell, are they going to get out of that? And they always manage to do it. It, it freaks me out. They're, they're so, so good. And they're so composed for defenders on the ball. So I think it's going to be 3-2 oh, to Manchester City, Ooh. which means 4-3 on aggregate with Manchester City in the Champions League final, as I say earlier, against Inter Milan. So we shall see. Well, if um, pretty much any of those predictions come in, it should be an entertaining uh, second leg across the board. So we will find out and we will review it in detail this time next week. Um, but on to this weekend's action. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. That is next week. And, and the main event of the weekend, certainly within the loaded sport universe, is the National League playoff final set to be played at Wembley Saturday afternoon, 3.30pm kickoff. Notts County, the team that pushed Wrexham all the way this season while they got all the attention and all the hype, take on Chesterfield. And as you will notice by the background, and I've not missed it, Aggie, but the scarf he is wearing, there is someone that more than the rest of us is as nervous, excited, and, and really can't wait because as good as Notts County have been this season and as much as they probably deserve to win and go up, this is probably Chesterfield's biggest tie for, for many a year. So, Aggie, I'll let you lead away. Talk us through your thoughts. How are you feeling as a fan? What do you think as a pundit? Try to be as unbiased as you possibly can. And, and how do you think the matchup looks for Saturday afternoon? Um, first of all, yeah, it's been about six years since we had a game this big and we fell out of the Football League. It's been many, many different attempts, many different approaches to try and get ourselves back in there. Plenty of credit goes to Notts County. I've got absolutely nothing against them for doing what they've done this season. I don't think anywhere else in any division ever a team has got 107 points across a season and finished in second place. So I dare say that based upon that, they probably do deserve to go up. But as I've already said plenty of times, if we play like we've played against numerous teams this season, we play to our best, we can beat any team in this division. And we are good enough to beat Notts County on our day. It's just whether we can turn up at Wembley as that set of players. You've seen us against Wrexham, against Maidstone in the second half, but like I pointed out against Maidstone, it was the second half that we went and got four goals. And yeah, Sam can say what he wants about the fact that it was bottom of the league. By half-time, against a side like... That. You've not let that one go. I am, mate. No, not at all, because it was my... <laughs> the point I was trying to make was four goals in the second half, regardless of who you're playing up against, is still a great achievement. And... The problem with Notts County is if we play like we did in the first half of that game, Notts County will already be one or two goals to the good. And it, the, the challenge is much more of a task. Yes, Kemp? Just got a quick question just on the back of what you just said there. So four goals in the second half, no matter who you're playing, is an achievement, yeah? I'd say so, yeah. OK. Real Madrid <clears throat> play against Ownwood Miners Welfare, get four goals in the second half. Is that a massive achievement? They scored four goals in 45 minutes. I'd say that's an achievement, yeah. Mate, fucking have a word. You are a twat, Adam. You no, I'm obviously twat. talking differently, aren't I? Real Madrid against a Sunday league team is completely different to Chesterfield against a side in their division. Let, let's all be was, real all, about all it. All I was saying, mate, obviously... Oh, what you said, though, is it? You're no, taking but... my, context without co my con content without context here. You've obviously... These don't know what you're talking about. So, all I was saying was that you was buzzing after they beat made Maiden... Made, made stone, mate. Made, made stone. stone. I was going to. I was going to. That's on purpose. That that is on purpose. By mm. the way, from Sam there. He knows what <laughs> he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Um. Yeah, and uh, it was buzzing that they'd, they'd stuck four in the second half. And I just said, "Well done, well done." Is uh, is thirteen in reference to the the great <laughs> Michael Owen uh, 
Michael in soccer school when the uh, is it Neville Southall? Neville Southall, yeah. <laughs> he's in there and he's absolutely buzzing that he's just smashed fucking twelve yards out against a thirteen year old. No, that's my, all it was, Aggie. Don't take it personally. My point was, was more of quit. the second half. Obviously, we still when a great. When did this happen in fucking November last year? And he's just held on to it since. Well, no, it no mate, about three weeks, weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, either way, but we go up against Notts County and we perform like that in the first half. There are already going to be two goals, three goals to the good, and it's going to be difficult for us. But with players like Colclough and, and Dallas that we've signed now to kind of steady the ship a little bit, we, we've started to create more chances. And like you say, Skin, any given Sunday, anything can really happen. And it's across 90 minutes, potentially 120. I hope it doesn't go that far because I don't think, uh, I don't think my art could manage it this time around. I've got a question for then, Aggie, on in regards to this one. Mm-hmm. So, are you happy for this fixture to be played at a Wembley, a potentially half-empty Wembley? I don't think either of you are going to sell it out, let's be fair. Well, last reports, which were, to be fair, around 48 hours ago, and again, these are just reports, and uh, um, apparently, but Notts County at around 20,000 sold and Chestfield at around 10,000 sold. That's and there's been, there's been a lot... You've got this train strikes on the day, which obviously hinders things, especially when you've got thousands upon thousands of fans coming from the same place. Uh, a lot of complaints and coverage around ticket price, uh, sorry, travel prices. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of reports that coach companies or whoever are taking Chesterfield fans are charging almost double of what Notts County fans have had to pay. Wow. So. Yeah, that, that's just to give you some context as to what those numbers Well, it, it, it all just fits into the agenda I was saying, to be fair. It all backs it up. So, would you not think it'd be a better idea to... We've, we've obviously discussed this with FA Cup semi-finals and things like that. Have it at a north... Obviously, it's two northern teams. Chesterfield, I know they're pretty northern. And Notts County, you know, pretty much the same. Um, would it not make sense to have it at a, an Anfield, a 50,000-seater Anfield, where... You're going to be closer to capacity rather than two teams travelling, like you say, in amongst train strikes and all that, going down to a half em- more than half empty Wembley by the sounds of it. And it's just, you're not going to get that same atmosphere. True, you are going to get your... This is to Aggie. I'm going straight to Aggie with this one. Uh, you are going to get, obviously... It's a big day out. It is Wembley. I get that. You're a non-league team. You're going to get your day out at Wembley. So that's obviously something. But would you not think it makes sense to go down that path and go at a slightly lesser stadium, but an Anfield, somewhere like that, which is equally as prestigious, and you're going to fill it out a bit more. What do you reckon? Yeah, no, I can can't. I, go on. Hold on, I want to go straight to Aggie. Right? Uh, go on then. Go, go, go Aggie then. Go uh, to answer your question, yeah, I absolutely agree. I think something much more northern is appropriate for the two sides to go to, but I think this was announced before we found out who was even in the playoffs and the potential of Wrexham playing at Wembley was what they were kind of looking for. Oh, okay. And I'm going to stand by that because it's still been announced that Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhinney are going to support Notts County, which is bizarre in itself. Yeah. Um, at Wembley tomorrow but yeah, yeah I think maybe an Old Trafford and Anfield w- would work and be much more suited it's like um, last year uh, last year I think it was at, uh, at Olympic Stadium for West Ham playing down south but all the teams were northern it, it made absolutely no sense so maybe find out some of the sides that are in the playoffs before making the decision of, of where the game's going to be played but I guess with the Premier League still going on it's made it a bit tougher to just make it possible but yeah the travel's going to be an absolute nightmare like Skin said it's costing £100 per person just to go down to the game and, and, and watch it. So I guess those prices do kind of cut people out at, at that sort of thing. The latest figures I heard was we're on 13000 going, Notts County on 22000 And I think it's just going to be a case of it's like, obviously with Wembley, you've got the top tier and you've got the bottom tier. And I think in terms of atmosphere, you're going to still have everybody together around the, the bottom tier, aren't you, together? So yeah. you're still going to have that sort of atmosphere. It's not going to be a sellout, of course, but... It was never going to be a sellout at Wembley, was it, between Notts County and Chesterfield? Let, let's let's be fair. Um, no, yeah, no, I think the, no, not the, at all. I think the atmosphere will still be great, and hopefully we'll, we'll do a job and we'll be back in the Football League. But if I'm being completely honest, I'm setting, setting myself in my head that it's going to be an uphill challenge. I'm not expecting us to go there and win because it'll feel a lot more sweeter when, uh, when we walk out with a win. <laughs> so I'm going to piggyback on your question there, Sam, if you don't mind. Yeah, and I'm going to respond to that in saying that the problem you've got with that is that it's not the same as the Banorama North, the Conference North or the Conference South. So you've got to book a venue for that type of game, maybe even a year in advance. So the problem with that is that if you have got a team like, let's say, for example, Dover, and I don't know if they're still in the National League or whatever, but if you've got Dover playing against um, Blythe Spartans or something like that, the problem you've got is that 
if you do book a northern stadium, you're expecting Dover to come that far and, and vice versa, a blast Spartans if you book in Wembley, which is where it is at the moment. So <clears throat> me personally, I think a really good compromise for something like this is, is Villa Park. I think yeah. Villa Park could be absolutely perfect because it's bang in the middle of the country, 43,000 capacity. Let's be honest, there's, there's not going to be any National League teams going forward that's going to bring more than 20,000. Really, is that? Let's no, be honest. Thought, so, so you, you put yourself there in a position where you're covering all bases. But I, I honestly do think that booking Wembley for this type of game, and it's the same sort of thing with the FA Cup semi-finals, in my opinion, where it's a game that just doesn't need to be played at Wembley. No. It puts it puts fans at a disadvantage. I mean, even Sheffield United, when we played in the FA Cup semi-final, we got loads of spare seats. We, we, there's loads of tickets we didn't sell because it's it's a long, long way to go. It's a lot of money. Um, and it's ultimately a game where we were never going to win it, let's be honest. And Chesterfield are, mass, I would say, big underdogs for, the, for are, this yeah. particular game. Absolutely. So you're expecting people to travel a long, long way. And I do think if it was at Villa Park, I, I do think Chesterfield would be able to take a lot more. I think it'd be a lot more feasible for them to be able to do that. So in my opinion, for me, I think every single year you do a Villa Park, you do maybe a Molyneux, might be a bit small. But you book that every single year for the National League final and then it's the fairest on both teams because what a lot of people don't realise about the National League as well, budgets are so, so small. You know, they can't afford to be putting travel on for everybody. You know, even the players getting there, it's a big expense, which is why they split the leagues north and south when they get down the pyramid because the club, clubs like that can't afford to be travelling across the country. So I think that's the way to go forward, but... There's a, quite a few things in the National League that have been highlighted by the National League's pro- popularity in the last couple of seasons for obvious reasons that I think need to change, like the promotion situation um, and also the uh, the National League um, playoff final, because I don't think it does anybody any favours. Yes, uh, I, th- I completely agree with your point. That's what I was going to say there was that, yeah, you have to book it so far in advance. So if it's just North or South, it's a bit easier. But when you could have, there's a lot of London based National League teams and things like that. And look, for the players, like I saw a couple of videos earlier. Again, I know I'm set, I sent them to you with the Chessfield players walking about behind the scenes, looking at the facilities, walking out to, onto the pitch. For them and for that moment, that's pretty much the pinnacle as a player, isn't it? Being able to get up that opportunity. I'm not sure about Liverpool this year, purely because your revisions tomorrow night as well, and that's in Liverpool. So it might be a bit hectic, but uh, no, uh, it does need to be looked at. But I can imagine for the players and the staff, it's, it's that potentially once in a career and a once in a lifetime opportunity. Um, to do that but in terms of I'll, I'll just give my two pence on, on the actual sort of the, the game itself I think playing at Wembley does give Chesterfield a little bit of an advantage we all know the quality of Notts County We've, they've had all the press Macaulay Langstaff all that kind of stuff we've spoken about enough as much as the rest of the country but I actually think and I mentioned this briefly to you in, the, in our F1 chat the other day Aggie that I do think playing at Wembley gives uh, Chesterfield an advantage in the fact of how they play and how they set up. They keep the wide man wide. They're very much, they do pass a lot sideways to build up play and find the spaces. And I think with the the size of the pitch, I actually do think that's going to play into Chesterfield's hands a little bit. And it will come down to stamina because that will obviously have an impact playing on that wider pitch. But I actually think with the way that Chesterfield set up, as much as I've had an issue with it at times, I do actually think that will that will make the game a bit more level. Um, overall, Notts County probably have the better, or I say probably definitely have the better all overall quality of player. And I think with Chesterfield, if they can limit mistakes, which they have done in the past, you know they've made keeper errors, they've, they've had communication errors, they've had chances where they've not taken them. If they can limit those mistakes across that 90 minutes, and, and they can play the way they play and, and use the space to their advantage, I genuinely think they've got a real shot. Notts County had to go right up till the end of extra time to get past Boreham Wood. They were 2-0 down at half-time, and, and that's the quality. A lot of teams would have crumbled under that pressure, but they came back, they equalised late on, they scored late on in extra time. Chesterfield made hard work of it against 10 men Bromley. You know, I was there, and, and they, they should have put that game to bed a lot earlier than what they did, but... I do think it's going to be a little bit cagey. I don't think there's going to be a lot of goals. And I and I, I know you said you don't want it, Aggie, but I, I, if, if I'm making a prediction, but we'll, we'll get into soon, little teaser, I, I can see it going past that 90 minutes. But uh, let, let's get into predictions. And, and Adam, I will save you till the end. But Sam, let's start with you. Notts County, Chestfield, National League. 
for a place for one of those teams to be back in the in league football, which I think a lot of people will agree is is where they belong. What's your prediction? I am going to do Chesterfield a favour here, and I am going to back Notts County. I, um, <laughs> I do, and that's me being genuine. I, it's not me trying to, you know, swindle out there, but I, I, I do fancy Notts County in this one. Um, I think, I think Lang, Langstaff's probably going to back as well. It's a lower sport favourite. Um, just a bit too much, and you know what? I mean, Aggie's not going to like it, but they have deserved it. They, they, yeah. It's a travesty that someone at 107 is it? I've agreed, mate. Oh, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, it's it's a travesty someone finish on that that amount of points and don't go up. It's something that you probably will never see again, to be honest. Especially is the is the new format coming next year? Where two no, go they've up? not even agreed it's on it yet. Agreed, mate. Oh, it's, it's not official. Because, no. no, because League Two have to agree as well that three of their teams will go down, and that will probably be the hardest thing to. Uh... Can we just can we just very very quickly segue just really quickly on this because it really fucking pisses me off. Why is there four teams relegated from League One? And two teams relegated yeah. from don't, League don't Two, make sense, does it? which don't then fucks sense. up the National League. I don't yeah. understand it. Why you not just have three up and three down from every single division? It makes yeah. perfect sense. I don't get it. And if anybody's listening who understands that and why they do that, please, please let us know on the Facebook uh, community forum on the Loaded Sport community forum because I would genuinely like to know. Because you, it really you know, is. you know, I'll, I'll give you my two pence on it. My theory. I think they've done it on purpose to create a bottleneck in, in quality. I think that's the exact reason. I think it's a financial thing. I think it serves a purpose to put them teams that that aren't doing financially well, to put them down, get the teams that have got a backing, that have got fans, that have got money. They're going to ones that are going to float to the you know float to the top as the same cream. Yeah, but look at this year, though. Yeah, but look at this year, though. You have Wrexham finishing first, Notts County finish the second, and let's say Chesterfield finish yeah. third. They are three not big historical football clubs. But three decently three sized football, historical football, football clubs, football and, and you can teams. yeah, and and they've all played in league at League One level or above in their history. So I get that it's not going to be like that every year. I understand that, but for me, it's ridiculous that not even National League at this point that four come down from League to, League One, but but only two go down from League Two. Yeah. I don't understand it, and and like I say, very quick segue. Sorry for interrupting. But if anybody does know on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, if anybody does know why that is the case, please let us know because I would genuinely be interested because it fucks up the entire pyramid for me. Give us your score, Sam. Um, 3-1, County. Interesting. We'll see. But uh, Kemp? Yeah, and, and as much as I give Chesterfield stick, um, and that's mainly for Adam's purposes, to be fair, to wind him up a little bit, um, I have obviously got an affinity for the club. I live in Chesterfield. I, I've, I've been seeing, yeah, all right then. <laughs> I've been to see the Spyrites quite a few times in my uh, in my life, and uh, I always like Chesterfield to do well. And I think it boosts the the, the town um, if Chesterfield are doing well. I remember when they were in the League One playoffs um, a few years back, and the town had a really good really good buzz to it because of that. So I am going to go with heart overhead. I do in my probably in my most logical brain thinks Notts County are probably going to win it. But I'm not going to predict that, and I'm going to say Chesterfield three-one, um, and, um, and and hopefully they do it. Fingers crossed for the for the Spyrites. Aggie, did you just get a little bit of blood tippy when he said that? <laughs> he got two in eye look. Which one? <laughs> um, I think his but, legs uh, have gone again. His legs will yeah. take his legs. I'll tell you what, I hope you're not saying top tier at Wembley, mate. You might struggle. <laughs> if everyone there. Yeah, probably. Um, I will go into mine. I know I mentioned about sort of the size of the pitch potentially playing into Chesterfield's hands. I want, with all my heart, Kemp, Sam, we're meeting up, we're watching it together in the pub. Aggie, I'd love to be going there with you, but taking the family, looking at about 400 quid plus food, drink and everything else while you're there, and it's not feasible at the moment. So I'll, I'll be in the local pub with Sam and Kemp watching it with the kids and, and the family and everything like that. But with all my heart, mate, yeah, we've made jokes about being a Chesterfield fan and the amount of games that I've been to this season, but I will be genuinely gutted if they don't win. I'll be genuinely made up if they do. But ultimately, I think I'm, if I'm putting my name to a score, I'm going to say two-one County after extra time. Ooh. I think I think I think I think Town play very well. I think Aggie. I think you come away proud considering the team that you are playing on the day um, in County. And I think it's one-one going into extra time, and, and County get a goal in the first half of extra time, and then just shut up shop and and see it through, which would be a gutting way to end the season, but. Yeah, I, I do think County are just that, that slight cut above and I think stamina and just that extra bit of quality will pay off in the end. What about you, mate? I said from when we made the playoffs that we were going to Wembley straight away. So I had the confidence of getting here and I said at the very beginning that whoever 
doesn't go up between Wrexham and County will lose in the playoffs because I think it'll just affect the mentality too much. It's shown a little bit in the Burnwood game. They went 2-0 down before they turned up. If we go 2-0 up against Notts County, I can't see it being the same situation. So I'm going to go with a 2-1 win against County. We'll go 1-0 down. Cookie will get them to sort it out and we'll, we'll turn it around and win 2-1. I, I hope it doesn't go all the way to penalties because, like I say, I don't think my heart will manage it. But as long as we walk away with the win, I'm I'm not really too fussed. Otherwise, it's just a waste of money. Yeah, it's uh, it, it'll be a good game. And look, this time next week when we record, either it'll be a solemn 30-second review or you'll be spending 45 minutes talking about one of the best days of your life. And I, I'll I still do be hope it's a laugh. <laughs> but we'll see. This time next week, we'll know. Um, and this time tomorrow, to be fair, we'll pretty much know as well. We'll be deep into the second half at this point. So, uh, and Ad- Adam's just realised how soon it is, and I think his stomach stomach dropped a little bit there. Um, so that's the playoff final to be concluded over the weekend in the National League. But tonight, um, recording on Friday, release on Friday, we have got the league playoffs starting, uh, kicking off in League One with Peterborough against Sheffield Wednesday. Kempi, I'm sure, an outright um, Peterborough fan this weekend. Um, but let's just very quickly run through again. This time next week, we'll have a clearer picture of what the playoffs will look like and what the finals will look like. But let's just run down. Championship, League One, League Two. Who do you predict will win the playoffs at each of those leagues? And Aggie, we'll start with you, mate. I've looked at the sides in the playoffs. I'm going to start with the championship just because it's the, the one at the top. And I can only see one team winning it. Sunderland, Luton and um, in Coventry all seem a little bit outclassed by that Middlesbrough side and I know you've backed them a lot this season potentially due to Michael Carrick but I think Middlesbrough are just going to be too good and they'll be the ones that uh, join Sheffield United and Burnley in the Premier League I am going to go with uh, Heart Overhead in League One and it's a tough one to call because there's some very good sides in there and I'm going to go with Bolton simply because Ian Mm. Everett's the manager um, and obviously being an an ex-Chesterfield player and we had the opportunity to have him as a manager but instead at his interview, um, we 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 sent him on his way. So um, he's gone to Barrow, gone to Bolton. He's done an incredible job for both of those sides. So hopefully we'll see him in the, in the championship. Um, and as for League Two, I'm torn in this one between Stockport and Bradford. It it really could be either of those two sides. But after the recent form, I'm going to go with Stockport to uh, to get themselves promoted into League One. Interesting. Kemp will come to you next, mate, because you were you were giving a. It looks like a few oohs and ahs and mm's. I'm not sure there on what Aggie was saying. So, what are you leaning towards with your three playoff predictions? Yeah, the main questionable thing there for me was the Middlesbrough shout. Um, purely down to the fact that in the last three games they lost against Luton, um, they lost against Rotherham, who bet you know not barely survived but just survived just over the drop zone, um, and then drew against Coventry, and, and Coventry replaced below them. Uh, and Luton are a place above them and they've, they've got one point from those two games um, Michael Carrick did really well when he came into the club door so you wax lyrical about that um, to, to a certain degree but it does seem like he's dropped off a little bit that, that new manager bounce did sort of fade and hopefully for them they'll be able to come alive again next season I think it might be a bit of an unpopular opinion this one but I think Coventry from a very very Ooh. difficult start to the season will go to the Premier League. And what a story that would be. Start of the season, couldn't even play on their home pitch um, yeah. because they've got issues with the rugby playing there and the, the turf was completely hammered. Um, they've had problems with their owners, problems with their board. I, I don't know enough to go into it, but I know there has been some turmoil at Coventry over the past few years. Um, and, and, and what a story it would be if Mark Robbins could get Coventry City back to the Premier League um, after so many years. So... I would like to see Coventry do it and I'm going to back Coventry City to win the championship playoffs. Um, In League One, I'm going to pick a local team to win the playoffs um, and it ain't Sheffield Wednesday. I think (laughs) Barnsley are going to win the playoffs. Uh, They've got Ian Everts-Bolton in the the semi-final, as Adam's just mentioned. Um, And I do think if Barnsley do get through to the final, I think they will win it. They've been on... Patchy form, probably to say the least, in the in the last few games, which is not usually a theory that I would use when picking a playoff team. But I, I, I've seen a bit of Barnsley this season to know that when they need to dig in and play some decent football, they will do so. I'm going to back Barnsley to win the League One playoffs against my better judgment. Um, when you say there, I'm going to be a Peterborough fan this weekend, mate. 
we're two divisions above Wednesday now. We need a new rival. They're they're way below us in the pecking order. So yeah, we're leaving them behind, and uh, we're about as much rivals with them as we are, uh, as mentioned earlier, Homewood Man as welfare. So we'll leave them where they are. Um, I'll get a few Wednesday fans riled up, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> and um, last but no, by no means least, I'm going to go with Stockport County and agree with Adam on League Two. They have been in some really, really good form um, this season, coming towards the back end of the season. They are unbeaten in five um, and they did beat league leaders at Leighton Orient three goals to nil. So I think it's a really good position for them to be in coming into the playoffs. And I think they will nab that last promotion space to League One. So I'm going to go with, in the Championship, Coventry, in League One, Barnsley, and in League Two, Stockport County. You know uh, you know, Paul's not letting you start tomorrow now after them, uh, them Wednesday comments. I've said worse to him, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, who are you taking? Start with Championship then. Um, I am going to swerve yet again and going to give a different answer again. And I'm going to go Sunderland to uh, to nab the, uh, the playoff, playoff back win. Back to back, yeah. Back to back, that's exactly it. So they've been there, they've done that, they've been to Wembley over the last year or so. They've got that. I won't say pedigree, but you know it's a big game. They've got recent experience. A lot yeah. of the same players I were there. They played Wickham off the park that day and big game, yeah. big game mentality. I think they can take that forward. They've 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 hit a d- decent amount of form. They've they've not lost in the last five. At least I can see here. Um, so I will definitely back them to get into the final at least. I think they'll uh, they might just sneak it. And by the way, what a final uh, Sunderland Borough could be. That's uh, that's a bit tasty. For the, what a uh, story the... Sunderland would be. I just mentioned their Coventry. What a story that would be. What a story Sunderland would be. A few years ago, really in turmoil, massive mm. stadium, playing in League One, fans disillusioned, and then a couple of years later in the Premier League. That would be unbelievable. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's my choice for the Championship. League One. League One, I've found really difficult to call. I've I've each listened to every one of your picks, and I've I've bought into every single one of your picks as well. I, I, before the we started, I was leaning towards Bolton. I must admit, but since Aggies picked them, that put me right off. <laughs> so, uh, so I think I am going to go with the boring one, you know, and I am going to go with Chef Wednesday. I think the the Derby game last last week was a bit upsetting, to be honest, because I do think we was the better side up until Curtis Davis got sent off, um, but. They obviously shown a bit of class. They put us to bed. Um, we we couldn't really get back into the game. So yeah, I'm going to go Chef Wednesday there. I think they might have enough uh, to see him over the line and get back into into the championship. And in regards to the league two, now this is this is an, another tricky one for me because I'll be completely. I'll put my hand up. I have literally not followed League Two all year. If you've noticed, every single one of my listener locks and everything, I never ever back a League Two team. It's because I just simply don't pay attention enough to attention to it. So I am going to back. And it's going to be just on purely on recent form. Because I'm like Kemp, I like to pick the form team going into the playoffs, whether they're the third team or the sixth team, or, or in this case, the seventh. So I am going to go for Salford, Salford City to uh, backdoor it into the into the League One. So like picks, what's my picks then? So that's Sunderland, Chef Wednesday and Salford. My my three picks. Never been a more appropriate. Ooh, there. Gary Neville Salford. Absolutely. Uh, and just to close off with my pick championship. I'm going to go for Middlesbrough. I know since the turn of the year, maybe a little bit before that, I've you know I was a bit on the bandwagon before a lot of social media things and stuff with the work that Carrot was doing and the, the style of play. They 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 have dropped off a little bit, but I think if we're talking three games to get promoted. We know what Carrick did as a player. We know the type of teams he was in, the type of games he played in. He's got the mentality to to say the right things to get them over the line because they're doing the right things on the pitch. I think for them, it will come down to more the mental side of it. And I think he's a great person based on his playing experience to sort of hold their hand through it. So I'm, I'm going to stick with Middlesbrough for the championship. Uh, League One, I did go back and forth. I was leaning towards Barnsley, if I'm going to be honest, but I'm going to commit to Sheffield Wednesday. I do think with this is a little bit of a Knox County situation in terms of they they do seem to be a cut above the other three teams in terms of what they've done over the season. They're facing Peterborough, as we said, that's the game that's kicking off the league football playoffs. Uh, they finished the league 19 points ahead. Uh, yeah, sorry, 19 points ahead of Peterborough. So there is that gap in quality. Sheffield Wednesday, we had a lot of conversations, Kemp, about wheels falling off and going to Forest Green and losing and that kind of stuff. But they have finished the season strong and do sort of Seem to have tightened those wheels back up at the right time. So I'll go Sheffield Wednesday. Um, and then League Two, 
I'll be honest, for me, it was a coin flip. I think the winner of that Stockport-Salford tie will be the ones to get promoted. Carlisle and Bradford aren't in great form. Um, Stockport have been in fantastic form despite their result on the last game of the season. Salford have been in very good form right at the right time to get that last spot. So I do think that the winner of that tie will be the ones that go up, but I will commit to Stockport just because of their longevity of the form that they've been in. So for me, Middlesbrough, um, Chef Wednesday and Stockport, which I know aren't the, the fancy picks because they all finished third place and someone's due to not go up, but I do think they've each got the quality to see it through. Um, so that is football. That is that's the playoffs. Mate. That's um, and that's everything for today. No, uh, no uh, KCC this evening, not too much happening at the moment, but I know as we approach the summer months, there's going to be plenty to go at. Ken, just very, very briefly, what uh, what are some things to look forward to in the combat world? Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned there, we're not going to be doing a Kempis Combat Corner this week purely because there's just not that, not enough to talk about. There's an okay UFC card, but I feel like it'd just be it's it's not it's not as high profile as it needs to be really to talk about it in depth. So we have got a YouTube boxing event this weekend, KSI Joe Fournier which is always a, a, an interesting watch, to say the least, but not, not worth talking about in that respect. Um, some decent UFC events coming up in the next few weeks. Um, it is a little bit quiet. We've got Amanda Nunes versus Irene Aldana, which again is, is not the best. But then we have got UFC 290 at uh, International Fight Week. It's not till July. It is July the 8th, so it is quite a way away. Um, and it's Volkanovski versus Jaya Rodriguez for the uh, undisputed featherweight championship of the world. Moreno, Pantoja, Whitaker, Duplessis, Bo Nichols fighting is in that card as well. And Robbie Lawler is going to be fighting on that card as well. So it's going to be a good one, but it is quite a while away until the next decent UFC card. In terms of boxing, as we've discussed, it's an absolute mess at the moment. There's no heavyweights fighting. There's not really that much to talk about. Um, and and yeah, it's not really worth anybody's time at the minute boxing. It's a little bit of a, a little bit of a pathetic damp squib. So uh, Kempi's combat corner will return as the big fights do, and uh, and you know we'll be all over it here on Loaded Sport. Well, I'll tell you what, lads. This time next week, when we come back to our usual format, we'll have the listener locking back. We'll know what our Champions League final lineup will be. The league um, in in all positions up and down the leagues will know who's looking like they're going to be in playoff finals. The Premier League relegation battle that'll look even clearer. There's there's so much that's going to happen in these next seven days. But I think ultimately the the big news and the big headline going into next week will be whether or not Chesterfield are a league club once again. Aggie, good luck tomorrow, mate. Try not be t- to be too nervous. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the occasion. And uh, yeah, I really hope we're opening next week talking about your experience tomorrow. Anything you want to say to the players, a message of hope, a message of uh, <laughs> a, 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 a message of inspiration that you want to give them just in case they happen to come across it. You've to got get them to over the wrong there. He's never been... A, he's never... Oh, mate, <laughs> some, some of the messages he's been putting in our F1 chat this uh, this week, I know he's got it in him. Yeah, Speaking big heart, man. William Shatner. Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna get that one, mate. I'm not sure about I'm not sure about William Shatner being uh, an inspirational um, okay. uh, over oversight, but Dawson, I'll let you take that one away. Sam, I've just sent you a message, mate. Read it in your best movie trailer. <laughs> in your best movie trailer, show stealing big moment voice to close us off. It's a long one. I don't even know if I can read that. Here's a thing that makes life so interesting. The theory of evolution claims only the strong shall survive. Maybe so. Maybe so. Well, the theory of competition claims just because they're the strong doesn't mean they can't get their asses kicked. See what every long shot come from behind underdog will tell you this. The other guy may in fact be the favourite. The odds may be stacked against you. Fair enough. But what the odds don't know is that this isn't a mass test. This is a completely different kind of test. One where passion has a funny way of trumping logic. So before you step up to the starting line, before the whistle blows and the clock starts ticking, just remember, out here, the odds don't always add up. 
no matter what the stats may say and the experts may think may think may think and the commentators may have predicted when the race is on all bets are off don't be surprised if someone decides to flip the script and take a pass on yelling uncle and then suddenly as the old saying goes we've got ourselves a game wow wait Adam Marsden is the author of that. That's fantastic. <laughs> good that, Aggie. That's, good. That's good unbelievable. That. And Sam, unbelievable delivery, by the way. And it's a good job that I put myself on mute when you said fairy net. Otherwise, because that, <laughs> that fucking killed me. So, well well done, Adam, and well done, Sam. Great delivery. And up the spire right. Come on, That's let's it. have you. Old town, aren't we? Lads, I'll see you tomorrow in the pub for it. Adam, have the best fucking day, mate. That's episode 48 in the books. And hopefully, again, we open episode 49 with the story of how Chesterfield are back in the Football League.